Weighing Machine was created to help you, the financial advisor or investor, reach your long-term financial goals. Each episode, your hosts, Rusty Vanneman and I, Robin Murray, cut through the market glamour to find the time-tested principles that help investors succeed. The Weighing Machine is inspired by the classic investing saying attributed to Benjamin Graham. The stock market is a voting machine in the short term and a weighing machine over the long run. In other words, emotion and expectations drive short-term market movement, but fundamentals and valuations determine returns over time. Welcome to The Weighing Machine. Enjoy, and as always, let us know what you think. On the podcast today, the future of fintech, wealth tech, and wealth management. We'll discuss the future of OCIOs, how to build an IRA, and the emerging needs of advisors. Plus, what's in store at the Orion Ascent Conference. That's with our guest, Eric Clark, CEO of Orion Advisor Services. Welcome to The Weighing Machine. I'm Rusty Vanneman. And I'm Robin Murray. Okay, let's start with a look at the markets. How is 2023 kicking off? Well, we're off to a nice start. And historically, that means we should have an above average year. And you know, there's other studies that say the same thing. When investor sentiment is as negative as it was at the end of last year, usually means we have an above average year. It's the third year of the presidential cycle. So the year after the midterm, usually that's a pretty good year. The market had a down year last year. So usually the market bounces back the next year. So those are all looking pretty good. But nonetheless, I think investors should remain diversified. And I think one thing that's really interesting is that I don't ever recall seeing such a dispersion of economic and market forecast. So, you know, it'd be reasonable, of course, to see the market have a big return this year. But you know what? It really wouldn't be a surprise if we had a loss either. So bottom line, stay invested, stay diversified, and think long-term. And today's podcast, we're going to think long-term with one of the industry's thought leaders, Eric Clark. All right. Well, let's bring him in officially. Eric Clark is CEO of Orion Advisor Services. Eric, welcome back to The Weighing Machine. Well, thank you, Robin, and thank you, Rusty, for having me. It's great to be back here with you as we kick off 2023 together. What an exciting opportunity we have ahead. And obviously, 22 was a volatile year, if nothing else. But out of volatility always comes opportunity. And I'm excited to talk to you both about the opportunities that I think lie ahead for everybody. Nice. Well, Eric, as you know, our standard question to get started is a walk-up song. And last year, you had your, actually your wake-up song for your walk-up song. is an awesome song, Beautiful Day by You Too. But I think you said you have a new walk-up song for us this year. What is that song? Well, I'll tell you the walk-up song that I would choose this year very different than my wake-up song, is a song that is essentially a compilation of four different songs that Elton John originally wrote. And he pulled those together during the pandemic with Dua Lipa. And the reason I love this is that Elton took something that was old, he created something that was new during a time period that was difficult for all of us, created a number one hit, you know, over 20 million views on YouTube. It's just been an off the charts win for Elton and Dua Lipa both. But I just think it really tells us the importance of constantly reinventing 
the services that we provide, the way that we approach the marketplace, taking some of the best of what has worked for us historically and apply that going forward. Wow, that's excellent. Yeah, I think that's one of the most thoughtful walk-up song choices that we've had. I like it. Okay, so I just want to get a little bit of background for those who don't know the story of the Clark family. Can you tell us more about how North Star got started and some of the cultural traditions that continue in the company today? Yeah, absolutely. So my father founded an RIA business in the 70s, was doing market timing. As things evolved, that business changed to an asset allocation investment advisory business that he started in 1989. We grew that business very much as a family business, as you mentioned. And the mid to late 90s, as we had eclipsed a billion dollars in fee-based assets, fiduciary assets. We were looking for technology to better support the needs of that business to help us scale the growth that we were experiencing. And we couldn't find what we needed off the shelf. So in December of 99, we started the tech business that today is Orion Advisor Tech Today, across the different technologies that we support for fiduciary advisors, we have just over $3 trillion of assets that we support. And as an investment advisor, we have just over $60 billion of assets. So all the businesses have grown a great deal. But today, we use that technology as the underpinning foundation for not only supporting our RIA business, but also, you know, thousands of other advisors in the marketplace as well. It's been an exciting time to be supporting the fiduciary model and helping ultimately millions of investors achieve their goals. Yeah, excellent. So last year, we talked about trying to make this an annual tradition for you coming on the show here at the top of each year. So thanks for making it happen, given your crazy schedule. So first question is, it was obviously another huge year for Orion. What were some of the top highlights in your opinion? Well, the highlights as I look back at 2022 were a couple of acquisitions that we did, right? I mean, we had the opportunity to combine the Orion Advisor Tech, the traditional portfolio accounting technology with my good friend and mentor, Brian McLaughlin's business that he founded, Redtail, the Redtail CRM business. And in my opinion, it's like bringing together peanut butter and jelly, so to speak, right? We have brought together two defaults in an advisor tech stack. You got to have the CRM and you've got to have portfolio accounting to be successful. So having the opportunity to bring our companies together absolute highlight for me in 22. And I would pair that with the other acquisition that we did with Town Square. Town Square is an OCIO service, allowing us to extend our service capability beyond technology into helping RIAs outsource their trade desk, as well as investment committee resources to help our advisors, you know, build great portfolios. So, Both of those acquisitions were high points for me as I look back over the past 12 months. There are other highlights, obviously industry highlights, things that were achieved last year that we're real excited about. You know, we're just starting to see some of the opportunities 
come together and come about as we've not only combined our business with those that I mentioned, but also four other, I think, really big strategic acquisitions that we've done here in recent years. Yeah. All right. So the next question really is, this is pretty broad. It's probably more like the kind of the very quick elevator statement, but because we're going to kind of break down this along this podcast here, but how are the fintech, wealth tech, and wealth management industries changing? And how is Orion changing with them? Well, we're in a time frame where investors are looking for, you know, returns outside of traditional equity markets, right? If we looked at some of the trends that we see in the data, we're seeing more and more investments flowing into alternative products. We're seeing an interest by investors in crypto that may be somewhat subsided or waning a bit based on you know some of the recent developments with FTX and some of the other instability of the platforms that have happened in the crypto markets. And then we've also seen some really creative investment strategies being deployed Clearly, the underlying theme in all of this is that the investor wants more personalization in their portfolios, right? That can mean things from, hey, I have a legacy holding. I expect you to build your allocation around what I have. It can mean I have ESG preferences that I want expressed in the portfolio. And it can also mean things that are very personal in nature as far as I want a portfolio to support, say, my charitable giving strategies. We see these demands changing portfolio construction, right? We're moving from 40-act mutual funds and ETFs into custom portfolios that are able to meet these preferences. I think that all of that interest by the investors has been fueled by custodians that have eliminated the friction point of trading fees and trading costs. And investors are more educated than ever before, right? They want low costs. They want tax efficiency. They want those personalization points I mentioned earlier. But at the same time, investors still want to delegate. They still want to bring in an outside advisor to help them stay focused and meet their goals, to act as a coach, as a trainer of sorts, so to speak, to help them make great decisions, help them alleviate some of the burden that their wealth has created. And there is an incredible opportunity, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, for advisors to capitalize on this using technology. You know, we have direct indexing technology, which in essence is an optimization algorithm that will help advisors personalize portfolios at scale. I think that's really exciting and happy to jump into more details on what we're doing around that. But that's what I'm seeing in the marketplace right now. All right. Well, let's break down the big developments in Orion's three divisions and what advisors and investors should expect in each. So, of course, we're talking about technology, OCIO, and wealth management. So first, and as you mentioned, you went into this briefly, and maybe you can expand on it. So tell us what is exciting you most in the tech space. In the tech space, I would say it's integrated independence, right? It's helping these independent fiduciary advisors integrate best-in-class technology that allows them to accentuate their value proposition. So, you know, that ranges. 
in how we support that on the tech side of our business, clear from an open architecture platform where we not only contractually allow the advisor to own the data that we curate for them, but we make that data accessible for them in the cloud. We happen to use a cloud platform, AWS, their Redshift data platform to share data on a real-time basis with the advisors that want to tap into the data that we aggregate for them, leverage that in those outside systems. And for the advisors that would rather have us build that integrated independence, we can now do that because we have acquired over the past several years, you know, the Redtail CRM platform. That's going to allow us to integrate that data right alongside with the Orion portfolio accounting data alongside the Orion risk intelligence data when we acquired the hidden levers business, along with the compliance technology with our basis code acquisition, along with our financial planning capabilities from our advisor acquisition. And so all of these things come together in a really unified way. That's what we're focused on, you know, specifically at the tech business is integrating that independence that our advisors need to be successful fiduciaries. All right. And how about OCIO? What are the big developments there? And please explain to our listeners what OCIO stands for and signifies. Yeah. So OCIO, Outsource Chief Investment Officer Services, from our perspective, we're focused on two things, an outsourced trade desk to help advisors that want to leverage our trading capabilities, but don't want to learn the technology or staff a trade desk to execute on that, we can step in and provide those services for them now, right alongside resources to help bolster their investment committees, to help them build portfolios that will not only meet their current client needs, but also their prospective client needs, help them win high net worth opportunities that they come across and really build portfolios that will help them compete against, say, the wirehouse offerings or those more sophisticated opportunities that they run across. So OCIO, the way we define that could be completely different than how others in the industry define it. That's okay. You know, those are the two things that we're focused on with our OCIO offering specifically bolstered by the acquisition that we did in early 22 of Town Square Capital. All right. So the third one is about wealth management. What excites you most about wealth management? And I'm guessing direct indexing is a big part of that answer. You got it, Rusty. So what excites me the most is the custom indexing, building those portfolios, using the optimization technology that we have embedded right inside of our trading platform at Orion. Those custom indexes obviously started a pretty low minimum account size, but I think we've done a great job of not only incorporating custom indexing technology into building, say, optimizing portfolios over time, but we've also combined that with a best-in-class proposal tool, you know, backed by the hidden levers technology that we acquired, allowing advisors to stress test, you know, those portfolios, making sure that they get those dialed in just right. We've made those portfolios accessible, you know, within a few clicks of the trading experience. And then we've also fully integrated those custom index portfolios 
into the reporting capability that we have at Orion to show the benefit, right? So it's not just the custom indexing portfolios. It's, hey, I need a proposal to help me win the business. We've got that. I need to be able to execute and implement those within a few clicks. We've got that experience now. And I want to be able to go back to the client and report on how we're doing, highlighting the tax alpha, highlighting the benefits that these portfolios provide, and boom, we've got that as well. So we're ready to hit the ground running in 23 with these custom indexed portfolios, excited about the reception that our advisors have towards getting these implemented. It's the coming together of a lot of great things. And I think we've got an incredible opportunity ahead in 23. Not that this stuff is new. Again, much like Elton John and Dua Lipa, this is bringing together the best of what's worked in the past and getting that applied for investors and advisors to leverage. It's low cost, it's tax efficient, and it's easily implemented for investors of all sizes. Yeah. All right. Let's keep the crystal ball out a little bit longer. So what is your vision for the investment industry five to seven years from now? And also five to seven years from now, will broker-dealers still exist? Well, aspirationally, the reason that we've done these acquisitions that we have is to connect the prospect plan invest achieve framework for our advisors. We're trying to create a great client experience by connecting these four strategic pillars. And we're also trying to drive operational efficiencies for our advisors. You know, so ultimately that tech enabled fiduciary process, you know, empowers our advisors to seamlessly attract new clients. That's the prospect part. Connect planning goals to investment strategies. That's where we go from prospect to plan to invest. And then the achieve side comes in when we want to help that investor, you know, achieve their unique goals, their unique definition of financial success. Will broker dealers still exist, Rusty? I'm a huge believer that the winning advice delivery model is the fiduciary model, right? So if you were to sit down and educate an investor on which they prefer a broker model with a suitability standard or the advice motto under a fiduciary standard, they're going to choose fiduciary advice every time. The ways in which fiduciary advice is delivered, that can come from different sources, right? So, you know, the future of the business, I don't think there's a disagreement about what the future looks like. The future is fiduciary. Does that come through different organization types that can combine together to, you know, help advisors tap into economies of scale? Absolutely. You know, that may come from an insurance marketing organization. It could come from an OSJ group at a broker dealer that is doing a really good job of rallying together a great fiduciary tech stack and operating platform, a service platform. I think more often than not, it's going to come from a pure RIA business model. But all of those have an opportunity to succeed as we focus and rally around that fiduciary advice model and doing what's in that client's best interests. What do you see emerging as the solvable need of the advisor to have them continue to grow? And what is Orion doing to help that IRA? Well, I think if we look at the industry in general, we've done a really good job of solving the investment problem. 
we need to focus and move towards solving the investor problem. And we've made initial steps towards that as we've gone from being an industry that's focused on the investments. We've migrated the value proposition out towards being supportive of a planning-centered value proposition. And I think before we can get to effective goal planning, we have to figure out how do we help the client prioritize, determine, uncover the things that they value most in life so that we can then get awesome alignment across those planning goals and across the investments to be supportive of things that they value most. That, in my opinion, is the emerging solvable need that the investors have. And the advice space is trying to figure out, like, how do we get there? What tools and resources do we have? What type of educational backgrounds do we need to come from to make sure that we're effectively aligned to actually move in that direction? Uh, Well, we talked about your father a little bit earlier on, and he was, of course, a very successful retail advisor for years. And you have deep experience with advisors as well. So if you could tell us how you would build an IRA if you were getting into the business today. So thinking about outsourcing, staffing, investment philosophy, values, what would you factor in and how would you do it? Yeah, it's something that I watched my dad do for a number of years. I've had a front row seat to watching, you know, some very, I think the nation's most successful advisory firms do. And and I think that the first thing I would do if I were building a firm today is I'd pick a niche and I'd go really deep in adding value to clients that want to outsource to an advisor that are in that niche. You know, I think all too often we can get sidetracked towards trying to solve problems or attract a do-it-yourselfer. That type of an investor is not who I'd be targeting, but I would rather pick a niche. I'd go deep into that niche. I would be focused on a persona type that wants to outsource. And then I, in turn, would pick an outsource provider and build a trusted partnership with them. So what I mean by that is that I would define roles and make sure that we hold each other accountable so that we know exactly who's doing what and we get after it. We focus on the business as opposed to in the business. And we can walk away, I think, from working in the business by effectively outsourcing to partners that can help us. Investment philosophy, I think everybody has different thoughts and ideas on that. I would absolutely look to, you know, employ low cost tax efficient investments. It's just my background. But beyond that, look, there's an incredible opportunity as we see so many baby boomers who are still approaching or in retirement. They need help. They have wealth that can, in some cases, be a burden. They need help to extend out the years that that wealth can provide income for them. And advisors are so well positioned to add value to help them achieve their goals. It's an exciting time to be in this business. And talking about exciting, this podcast is being published a few weeks before our annual Ryan conference called Ascent. It's going to be big. What excites you most about this year's conference? Well, it's the Ascent event. As you know, it's our Pinnacle Advisor event. You know, it really allows our product teams to rally 
and hit targets to make sure that we've got some really cool, innovative things to talk about with our advisors, get their feedback on, you know, allows us to showcase the latest and greatest that we have to offer. And we've made so many improvements in our offering since the last time we got together with our advisors. It will have been almost 18 months because of a bit of a disruption due to the pandemic. So we've got a lot to bring our advisors up to speed on and, you know, help our advisors improve both their operating efficiency and their client experience. And anytime you get together at these industry events, the number one thing that we're focused on as a business, what do we get out of it, if you will? Where do we get the ROI? And that's by networking with our advisors truly listening to their feedback. And then we've got to come back and act on that and implement quickly so that we can capitalize on the opportunities that our advisors are seeing. Yeah. So my next question is preparing for this podcast interview. I did mention to a few people I was interviewing Eric. And the next question I think is pretty important. And that is, this was somebody else's question, but I do think it's important. Who's going farther in men's basketball this season, Utah or BYU? (laughs) Yeah, and my guess is is that uh, maybe Seth McCune put you up to this. I don't know, but uh, having gone and graduated from both of the schools, you know, I'm a big Ute fan and I'm a big Cougar fan as well. As long as they're not playing each other, that works out well. I think they've both got great opportunities, great coaches, great teams. Really, really proud of the Utes to get to the Rose Bowl this year. Rusty, that was awesome. And they did not do well against the Nittany Lions, but super fun to see them do well. It kind of depends on uh, how things are going. You know, when I was at uh, BYU, Ty Detmer was the quarterback. Super fun to watch. And when I was going to Utah, Rick Majerus was the coach. Just had some incredible talent. Keith Van Horn and some of the guys were just just really, really fun to watch. So big fans of both of those programs. All right. Well, let's switch gears to some of the questions that we like to ask all of our guests here on the show. And first, a new one for you. So with all of your experience and all of the resources at your disposal, what is currently your favorite investment idea? Okay. So this may be a little bit out there, but I think there's an opportunity to leverage these optimization algorithms, these optimizers, if you will, that are used traditionally to build a direct indexed portfolio or a custom index for an investor that is based on an underlying index. But I think we can take some some of the factors, if you will, that are used to build the indexes and create what amounts to an active index for the investor, meaning, hey, I would like an index that's high quality stocks, that has a value tilt, a value factor, and pays dividends. And I want that optimized every month or every quarter for me. You know, there is just an incredible opportunity to build these active indexed strategies at scale leveraging the optimization algorithm technology. That's what I think is probably an innovative investment idea that's currently 
just going around in my mind, there's so much that advisors can do with that because then it becomes more about the investor's personal benchmark as opposed to, hey, you know, how are we doing against the S&P 500? Most investors don't relate to even what comprises the S&P 500 or why that might align with their values and the things that they want to accomplish. So being able to build these custom active indexes is a really, really cool idea and something that I'm really excited about. Another closing question we often ask, and we did ask this of you last year, was how do you maintain your energy and ability to perform at a high level? And your answer last year was great. It was you had probably one of the best answers for a morning routine in terms of your exercise program, your meditation and inspirational reading. So we're curious, have you changed any of your practices this year to maintain your high performance? I'm still doing that exact same morning routine. It's key to, you know, getting my day started off right, making sure that mentally I'm prepared, you know, to capitalize on the opportunities ahead. And that probably continues to be as far as things that are important to me. That is the part of the day that I absolutely love because it's kind of my time, if you will, before I jump in and get started on working on everything else. Just having that morning routine where I get up, exercise, meditate, spend some time reading before coming into the office. It's awesome. And I love doing that, getting up every day. It's a great way to get the day started off right. And related to that, of course, I know you do a lot of hiking because I've hiked with you, but also if somebody's in your office or just in our offices here in Omaha in general, there's a lot of pictures of mountains around here. So my question for you is what are some of your favorite hikes? What are some of the toughest hikes you've ever done? Well, interestingly enough, I think those two kind of coalesce because your toughest hikes and you know your feeling of really accomplishing something amazing hiking the Nepali coast, which we did that together in Kauai. Rusty, that has to be one of the toughest hikes that I've done. You know, the mileage I think was right around 26 or so near marathon equivalent, but being able to get out and just enjoy those long hikes is an absolute blast. I would have to say most beautiful hike was the hike that we did up in Glacier. That was amazing. I think one of the hardest hikes for me personally was Aspen's Four Pass, that loop that we did. Just unbelievably difficult to hit four of those passes, I think, that were above twelve or 13,000 feet. I was exhausted by the end of that. And then we got hit with that lightning storm. And those are really fun experiences, especially when you can do them with a group of friends and a group of industry colleagues and, and mentors of sorts, if you will. All right. Another new one for you. You have been around, like many of us, a lot of successful people who have helped you get to where you are today. So in the spirit of gratitude and continuous learning, who are some of the people that you are professionally thankful for? Well, I have a lot of mentors that have impacted my life over the years, you know, starting off with family mentors like my father, who we've talked about, just a real key mentor in my life, obviously, but mentors within the business that have had an impact on me and then mentors in the industry, if you will. I absolutely appreciate Skip Schweiss, Chip Rome, including me on these Chip and Skip excellent adventures. You know, it's taken me out to places the world doing those hikes, 
along with other friends in the industry that, quite frankly, I wouldn't have gone to those places otherwise. So really grateful for both Skip and Chip and the experiences that we've had together on these hikes. Something that's top of mind, obviously, with that last question. So, All right. Well, one more before we let you go. And that is, do you have any recommendations for our listeners on content that you're consuming? Books, podcasts, newsletters? Podcast-wise, I love this podcast. Super fun to listen to. You guys do such a great job with this, but also love Dr. Daniel Crosby's podcast, Standard Deviations. It forces me to maybe think outside the box as far as approaching things from a behavioral perspective. I'm a huge fan of just out-of-the-box podcasts. I've recently been listening to the Serial podcast series. I just love it. You know, the podcasts are, are great for me because I can do it while I'm running or exercising, those types of things. So really fun to focus my mind on some things outside of the industry as well. All right. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Thanks for making the time and coming on the show. And just one more, we know Orion has a great website with lots of resources for advisors. What are some of the best ways our listeners can stay in touch with what's happening at Orion? Well, for us, obviously the orion.com resource, but beyond that, what's more important for me and what I would love to get out of this, just any feedback that our advisors have for me personally, feel free to reach out to me. My email is eric, E-R-I-C, at orion.com. It's really simple. Would love to connect with any of the listeners, answer any of the questions that they have specifically you know, for me about the Orion business and what we can be doing to better serve the advisors that we work with. It is an, an unbelievable opportunity for us to work with thousands of advisors share best practices, things that we're seeing those advisors implement within their businesses. And I always love to learn from the advisors that are doing business with us or even prospective advisors. So please, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, something's top of mind for you that we can be helpful with, please don't hesitate to reach out. Excellent. Well, Eric, thank you as well for coming on the podcast again. I agree with you. I'm really excited for this year, excited for the years ahead. And I'm already excited for next year's podcast with you to recap all the highlights and accomplishments that we had at Orion in 2023. So thanks again. Awesome. Robin, Rusty, thank you so much. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this week. Rusty, take us out with your final words. Invest well and be well. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to The Weighing Machine. And hey, if you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And thank you for your time and trust in Orion Advisor Solutions. Thanks again for listening. Robin and I truly appreciate you giving us some of your valuable time. We hope to provide you in each episode something you can use in conversations or making decisions or both. If you like this podcast, you might also like some of our sister podcasts at Orion Advisor Solutions. First, we have the Wang the Risk podcast, which I host monthly. On behalf of Orion Risk Intelligence, this is where we consider various market scenarios regarding top-of-mind concerns among financial advisors and investors. Next, we have one of the top-rated and most popular podcasts in the financial industry, especially when it comes to behavioral finance, Dr. Daniel Crosby's Weekly Standard Deviations podcast. And when it comes to all things fintech, we also have the bi-weekly The Fuse Show with Ryan Donovan and George Figuera, two of the funniest guys in the industry. You will learn something and laugh in every episode. Last, when it comes to more content, including commentary, videos, and other resources, 
please check out the website, orionportfoliosolutions.com. Go to the research drop-down menu and go to the Financial Advisor Success Hub. Thanks again. Invest well and be well. And we'll talk to you next week. The Weighing Machine is hosted by Rusty Vanneman, Chief Investment Strategist at Orion Advisor Solutions, and me, Robin Murray, freelance writer and editor. If you have feedback or questions about our podcast today, please send us a note at rusty at orion.com. All opinions expressed by Rusty Vanneman and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and don't reflect the opinion of or endorsement by Orion, its affiliate subsidiaries, and its employees. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for legal, tax, and investment decisions. The opinions are based upon information that participants consider reliable.